Welcome to the Aftershock Central Podcast with uh, with Travis and Martin. Travis, what's up? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Uh, it, it's been a minute, man. It's, it's good to talk to you. Are you calling me a minute man? Is that what you're saying? Hey, dude, I love the minute man. Mm, I love the minute man. Okay, well, we're like, we lost the thread now. <laughs> Start over. We're starting again. Nope, we're not starting over. This is part of the podcast. Uh, welcome. We, uh, when was the last time this show came out? It's been a long time. Uh, I'm going to say March, right? That seems about right. Is that when all, uh, all of comics got canceled? That's when the, uh, the S went down, I think, right? Mm, crazy. Uh, you are correct. March 27th was the last time we talked about books. And then, uh, Aaron and Ronnie talked to Elliot at the end of April. So it's still been like a month and a half since an episode's come out. So it's uh it's good to be back, Travis. Very good. Yeah, Very and good. and it's good to have Aftershock back too. Yes, it's good to be reading comics again. I mean, not like yes. I, not like I wasn't reading comics cuz trust me, I have plenty more to read. Yeah, you were catching up. You had like 5 weeks to to catch up on on all the stuff while nothing new was coming out, right? Yes, and I'm still not caught up. Of course. Because we're we're behind. I think you you might have as many books to read as I do. I've seen your uh, your comicsology thing there, your unread count. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to get lost in the weeds, but comicsology has been uh, neglected for a minute. Oh, because I've I've been reading uh, you know stuff that I have in prints that is uh, sitting around the apartment. So you nice. know, I, so I've you know read. Three, four dozen, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of, you know, large format uh, anthology magazines, ah. you know, Heavy Metal Epic, 1984, nice. uh, you know, 2000 AD, all, all the like, you know, so. Very nice. That's uh, that's good reading, buddy. I like it. Yeah, man. I like uh, it. Thank, thank you for your approval. That's, that's what I was looking for. I know. I know. That's why I did it. And I waited... Eight weeks to uh, to get that payoff, so <laughs> thank God. Well, I hope it paid off for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Approved. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk some Aftershock books. Finally. God. Feels like a long time. Uh, it does feel like forever, for real. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have to record about Valiant, too, even though – do they have a book out yet? Oh, yeah. They do. I think soon. Yeah. Dr. Woody, right? coming out. Yeah. Very good. We're here to talk about Aftershock, so let's do that. Uh, where's everybody else? We don't know. Uh, it's just us. That's all that matters. Here we are, back again. Uh, we are going to be opening up this episode talking about Undone by Blood, number three. This is written by some of my favorites, Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson. We have art by Sammy Cavella, colors by Jason Wordy, and letters by Hassan Osmani Elho. Uh I gotta ask you, Travis. Did you did mm. you have to go back and reread all the previous issues of these books? Um, I not really, but mm. I there, I did read. Uh, I think I I think I did end up going back. Like it wasn't necessary, but I did pick up a little nugget that I thought was significant. Um, yeah. which was in in this issue. You know, she goes to the high school. And she's in the principal's office waiting to see him, right? And and he's whatever drinking in his office, and she's gone by the time he comes out, right? Yep. But when he comes out, it's the dude that beat the shit out of her in the first issue, right? Mm-hmm. So no way that I would have remembered that, uh, you know, without rereading it. Yeah. But you know, if it had come out, whatever, you know, two months ago, maybe I. I possibly would have had an easier time with it yes uh yeah and i think out of the three that we're going to be talking about tonight um this one i definitely had to go back and reread because the structure of the story is uh very different than most of the other aftershock books um and i would say even like most of zach and lonnie's books uh in some ways like this is a little bit like the dregs in that you have like have you ever read the dregs I have not. Sorry. Oh, shame on you. You're fired. I've heard it's good. It's very good. Uh, but there is like a story in the background that ties directly into the main storyline, kind of like here. Uh, except in this book, 
those two stories are very fleshed out and and separate. Um, although I mean, like, there's some similarities in like the events happening in the old west and then the events happening to in the present, right? Um, but the stories are separate and they're they both have fully fledged characters. Whereas in the dregs, it wasn't quite that expanded. Uh, so it's cool to see. But because of that and the fact that it's been two months since the previous issue came out, uh, I did go back and reread all the previous issues. Matter of fact, for all the books tonight. I did I did my homework, Travis. You should be proud. Oh, jeez, man. You should be proud. Put me on the spot. Wow. Well, you know, I felt like I had to because I, I felt like it would be kind of hard to talk about some of these books uh, if I didn't remember what happened beforehand. Well, it's better than being like, what happened? You know, <laughs> I don't remember what happened before. So we're just going to pretend this is issue one. OK. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, so I'm curious how you're finding the uh, the switches between this fictional Old West story and the the current storyline. Well, I mean, that obviously is, you know, one of the main points of, of you know, the, the construction of this story is the dual narratives and mm -hmm. cutting back and forth. Um, so I am just trying to grapple with how closely I should read stuff that's happening in the novelization mm. and its relation to what is happening or will happen in the, the real current day story, if that yeah. makes sense, yep. you know, like the, the vignette from the novel in this issue specifically kind of speaks to, you know, a guy that was friends of, are you know the main character of of this novel um and basically you know he is found to have betrayed his friends you know right right like like he shares some responsibility for this dude's family getting murdered um and you know he's found out so he's hiding secret i don't know what we're supposed to read from that that new information in this issue, if we're supposed to directly apply that to stuff that is happening in the other narrative, mm -hmm. you know, which would imply there is somebody we've seen that isn't all they appear to be, you know, maybe that, you know, is, uh, you know, complicit with the bad guys. Um, and, you know, maybe in that sense, you could say it's the whole town because it seems like. I don't know. Personally, I get this this vibe off of this town that it's almost like a like a roadhouse type narrative, which is, you know, there's this kind of, you know, organized crime entity within the town that everybody's afraid of, including the cops, every right. citizen, you know. And so basically they're all living in fear and they're and they're prisoners. Um, and you know, like they, be, because of their fear, they are going to work against our main character who is there to just, you know, get revenge or, you know. So I don't know if, if they're trying to just say that every person in town is a tool of the bad guys or if they're pointing to specific people. There wasn't necessarily a specific character in this issue that really seemed to be, you know, working for you know hiding secret working for the bad guys whatever yeah everyone just seems kind of like a tool right um yeah i get that feeling too and i, I do wonder because the the novelization that uh, we're following along with is set in the wild west um i do wonder if if the writers are trying to bring in that uh, that western aesthetic uh which is weird because like there's two books tonight that we're going to talk about that have the western aesthetic um, but neither one takes place in the West. Uh, and I don't know if that like if that's a coincidence or if that is something that actually relates to like our, our current climate um, in that like Westerns will make a comeback for some reason. Because, um, you know, like that kind of stuff happens all the time. Right. The uh, like zombie movies were popular during a very specific period of time where like mass consumerism started becoming popular, for example. Right. And then, like, that wanes off. And then in the 80s, when that comes back, like, zombie movies start coming back. Um, so I don't know. I, I do feel like the the types of art 
that is created in particular with like TV, film and uh, and books, including comics, oftentimes is somehow related to what's happening in the real world. Uh, and I do wonder if there's some of that here um, with with that said, too, with both the writers of this book and Join the Future, I could see that being the case. Um, but uh, to go back to your point about like you don't really know who the bad guy is. Isn't that kind of like a, a tropey thing in Westerns, too? Where like everybody's kind of a bad guy, but like nobody really is a bad guy because they're just following orders of like the big bad guy. You know what I mean? And and you don't get to, to meet that person until much later on. Um, nobody has that feel here. Uh, you know, like the principal looks a little bit like that mustache twirly, like literally because he's got the mustache. Uh, mustache twirling villain that you would see in in a lot of westerns um but there wasn't really a lot of focus on him so so i don't know if we'll come back to him at some point uh he does have connections for example to what's his name zane the guy that she goes to see at the uh at the plant mm-hmm. um because he's the principal and he was a football player when he was in high school there so maybe there's some of that going on uh but i'm, I'm not quite sure yet either um i, I do find it interesting that the main character doesn't seem as interesting as just like the rest of the town. Uh, it's almost like the town is a character in this story and she's just kind of like a, a method of us getting to know the place. Uh, obviously that can't be entirely true because the story is about her seeking revenge, but uh, I, I found that a little bit curious. Well, I don't think there's a lot that we've seen of her character that is not directly like the only things I think you can hang her character on, you know, at least in the in the current timeline, is wanting revenge and, you know, reading this book, you know. And we see a little bit in this story where we see where the book comes from, you know, it, like it comes from her dad. So maybe that speaks to why she kind of has become fixated on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I don't know if we know for sure whether her obsession with revenge, how much of that you can attribute to this book versus mm. how much she would just generally be inclined to that. And the book it reinforces it, you know, um, it's obviously, I think, a classic trope for Westerns, you know, is yeah. is just I, I'm going to get back at you know, the people that killed my whatever. Um, (laughs) Yes. So yeah, she's reading a Western. It speaks to that. Um, But yeah, there, I mean, there's not a ton that we've gotten of a character. That's not, Hey, I love revenge and I am tough as nails, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, And obviously like we probably won't get some of these answers until the final issue. Uh, but I did find some things curious, like, for example, the scene you just mentioned where she talks about why she has this book and why she likes it. Right. And you get that flashback scene between her and her dad. Um, the 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 next page has uh, Sol, the cowboy guy that we're following around in the Old West story. And uh, he's talking to his, this guy that he's traveling with. And like he realizes that this guy may have been involved in his son's kidnapping. Right. Because that's that's what he's doing. He's trying to find his son. And I found that interesting in comparison to the scene we just saw, uh, because I do wonder if there may be more to her quest than we're being led on to. Right. Like all we know right now is like her family was killed and she wants revenge. Like that seems pretty cut and dry. Right. Like pretty black and white Um, to me, based on what I know and like about Zach and Lonnie is that they when they tell these kind of stories, they're not as cut and dry as what it seems to be at first. Mm. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about that when we're doing like her infernal descent, for example, uh, where it seemed like pretty straightforward at the beginning, but as we got deeper and deeper into the story and, and doors started opening up to the story, uh, there was quite a bit more going on than was initially led on to believe. Um, so I'm, I'm sure we're going to see that kind of thing here as well. But the the premise is uh, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they just passing through town yes. when when the family got killed? Yes. So uh, you know maybe you know the dad has a history or something, or you know that's the only thing I could think of. You know because it's 
you know, making connections or whatever as some other member of the family would be pretty quick work mm-hmm. to be like, hey, why don't you come in? I know I just met you, but can you kill my family and, you know, like take me in and I'll join your mob? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not I'm not looking for an answer. Uh, I just think there are some interesting parallels going on. Um, I do like the, uh, the the scene near the end when she <laughs> she gets whatever that was. I assumed cocaine, but based on the effects, I don't think that was cocaine. Uh, but I angel like dust. Oh, is that what it was? You're doing angel dust at the party. Okay, dude. that makes more sense. Yeah, you know what angel dust is like. Nope, never heard of it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Only thing I know about angel dust is from that uh, that Biggie Smalls song. Uh, what's it say? Laced up weed, no angel dust. Label us notorious, Douglas something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, something like that. Only thing I know about angel dust is it was serious enough to cause G.I. Joe and Cobra to team up <laughs> to, to take down the angel dust dealers. <laughs> Canon. Yeah, did they give you that comic in uh, in elementary school? I remember it as a cartoon. Oh, 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 that's right. That's right. <laughs> a very special episode. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, do Thank you it. think uh, Do you think that the town of Sweetheart will show up in uh, in Soul's quest of revenge? Uh, I, I hadn't considered that, but... Because they, they both I... take place in Arizona, right? Sweetheart's in Arizona, and then he's going to Flagstaff, I think. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, so I am curious if if there'll be some kind of crossover there on on his journey. Maybe especially yes, now, that she, now that she's tripping on angel dust. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Very good. Anything yeah, else in this say? book? Uh, okay. I think I would just point out uh, for close readers that uh, this uh, football player Zane. Yes. Did you notice he was wearing his football helmet in his yes. yearbook photo? Uh-huh. That's it. That's that's all I, I just wanted to well, I've never seen that. That way so, you knew he was the football guy. Yeah, I, I mean I've I've not seen that in any other yearbook. Not that I'm an expert, but uh So I haven't seen this in real life, but I have a vague recollection of seeing this somewhere. Like a movie or a TV show, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I like mean, I a, just. It could be like one of those 80s movies, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like Revenge of the Nerds or something. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds or like Dude. Breakfast Club, whatever. One of those things. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a uh, a funny touch. Yes. Well, you know, that's all the guy had, right? Like he had football and then he broke his leg and now he's just a loser. Uh, He's like Al Bundy, right? Remember Al Bundy? He's always talking about well, of course, yeah. when he scored that final touchdown. He's, four touchdowns in a single game. Four touchdowns in a single game. That's it. Uh, that That is this guy. Zane is Al Bundy. Except he doesn't sell shoes. Yeah, and, and like a little bit more angel dust. <laughs> He's all dusted up. Yeah, there, there's definitely some uh, some some stuff going on here. Some Breaking Bad stuff. Maybe we'll have a crossover with uh, Hot Lunch Special. Ooh. Ah, you like that? It's nice, huh? I I just, I like the idea of a uh, an Aftershock crossover. It sounds like fun. I know we've pitched them before. We pitched them a lot. <laughs> I think like the first 20 episodes of this podcast was like, is this a shared universe? Because if not, this is how you should do it. Yes. Uh, all right, very it's good. Let's, let's rate it up, man. What uh, what's your score on this one? Uh, I'll go four out of five. Yeah, I think I'm with you, man. Four out of five is good. Uh, art's great. I really like the art. Um, especially like the like the color changes in between the uh, the fictional story and the present. I dig mm-hmm. that a lot. And and you and it's very obvious both in the art style is like similar but not exact. But you can tell by the colors and uh, and the lettering as well. So um, that's a fantastic job. All right, what uh, what book do you want to do next, buddy? Uh, do you want to do uh, the other Western? Yeah, let's do the other Western, kind of. The Western in the future. Uh, not in space. See, that would have been something. A Western in space. 
Uh, yeah, Join the Future number two. This is, uh, do I have it pulled up? Yes. Written by Zach Kaplan with art by Peter Kowalski. We have colors by Brad Simpson and letters. Man, I wish Ronnie were here. Once again, by Hassan Osmani Ohau. That guy, he's everywhere. Well, everybody's quarantined. Hassan is just uh, making comics. All right, tell me a little bit about Join the Future. Uh, you know, all right, so, so we pick up from the previous issue wherein, you know, uh, Clem's farm w- was getting attacked by the city folk, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, her, her, her dad basically, you know, her, her brother has been shot. He's, he's dying on the porch and his dad's like, run away, you know, and he stays behind, I guess, to, uh, to buy her time. Uh, and she sees is him gunned down, hides in the woods, and, you know, they don't find her. Next day, she goes, the town is all selling out. They're like, we're done. We're moving to the city. Um, and, you know, she's sticking around. Uh, I, it seems like her one thing is, you know, I, I'm going to get revenge on the people that did this to mm-hmm. my family. Uh, and But she's got to go finds uh the traitor or whatever his name is um and get some bullets i guess uh and in the process of that finds a horse gets attacked by a wolf traitor shows up and and scares the wolf away and that's the end of the issue yes so interesting side note because i read i reread all the books um i caught the fact that this is basically like instantly happens after the the first issue mm-hmm. um which had this been one of those things where you like you wait on a monthly basis for the next issue you may not have caught um because i forgot all about the traitor and so when she's in the woods and she's petting the horse and then the wolf attacks and the traitor comes out i was like oh that's pretty badass and then i went back and read issue one and then i realized why the wolf had the gunshot wound because it's the same wolf that attacked her in the first issue Mm-hmm. So she knew the wolf would be there and that the traitor would come out to save her if the wolf attacked her uh, because it literally just happened like the previous day. And also the wolves are, right, like creations of the city. Yes. They like engineered them, I guess, to antagonize the people that were living in that area. Yes, which I think will get to the, the main meat of this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Ronnie. Ronnie always talks about uh, liking things to not be too uh, too head on, right? Uh, he likes a uh, he likes some of the the political and social commentary uh, not thinly veiled. He likes it very very masked in his stories. And uh, and what I find really interesting about this book is that it really toes a very fine line to me um, because it's very obvious and and the wording not so much in this issue as it was in the first one um but it's very obvious like what zach is trying to say in this book right uh where like by by abandoning like some kind of connection to nature and and doing things on her own and living like through family and friends instead of moving to a city and becoming like basically slave labor for a factory um we're losing a lot of what it means to be human and that's ultimately like why this town gets destroyed right because the cities it's not like now where like you can live in one place and you just like get on the highway and go to like you know you're in la take the highway go to santa monica right like in order for there to be continuous growth within the city because there's nowhere for it to go they basically just like buy up like every subsequent town and just continue building this like massively technologically advanced place um, in for the sake of like security and posterity and progress. Um, but like, even though it sounds good to people that live there, there's a lot of like bad shit that has to happen for that dream to become a reality. Right. Like they're basically just killing a ton of people who don't want to be part of the city. Right. They would, rather live free than join the city and uh and i really like that message travis i like that message quite a lot because our world sucks right now yeah i mean i was grappling with you know we see again the one of the leaders from the city in this issue and 
he very much is, even in private, even talking to his own underlings, kind of espousing the virtues of the city, you know, and, and like how good it's going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that he doesn't want a single person to be left behind, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, per his justification, he's got to go back for Clem, you know? Uh, is it is it bullshit? You know, is it just that they want the land and it's not like whatever up where they can just have, you know, one farm, like a, like a tiny plot that is not terraformed that, into a giant, uh, you know, field for crops for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I think that would be my read as well that like, I, I don't think the city guys are good. You know, they, they wouldn't yeah. be murdering people wantonly, you know, if, if there were any other recourse. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you an example. And I, I don't want to bring up like Corona lockdowns or protests because that's like really prescient right now. So too I'll, soon. I'll, I'll give you yeah, too soon. Hashtag too soon. I'll, I'll go back a, a few years. Um, God, I, I was thinking about this last night, too, because I was watching uh, – not last night, two nights ago. I watched uh, The Vest of Night on, on Amazon Prime. Fantastic movie. Everyone should see it. And, like, there's, like, a 16-year-old kid just, like, smoking – like, adults offer her a lighter to, like, light her cigarette. Um, and, like, this weird stuff happening that, like, doesn't happen anymore, right? Because the movie takes place in the 50s. And, and it got me thinking about other stuff. And, like, this is exactly, the, like, how we got, like, the Patriot Act, for example, right? Uh, when 9-11 hit, like there used to be a time where like you can get on an airplane, just like get in line with your ticket, get on the plane and go. Right. Um, but then like you couldn't do that anymore. Right. Cause now there's terrorists in the world. So let's keep people safe. So like you have to show ID and, and then like that turns into like, well now everybody has to have like mandatory federal ID and, uh, like, you know, you guys can't do this. We're doing it for your protection, for your safety. Right. But like, is that ultimately what's happening? Right. Like, is it really for our safety or is there like other interests besides that? And it's just kind of slightly being veiled as that particular thing. Um, I think there's there's a lot of times where that kind of thing happens. And and we as people allow that thing to happen because we get scared. Right. Like we don't want terrorists to attack our house. We don't want to get coronavirus. Right. Like we don't want kids shooting up our schools. So like, yeah. Do whatever you have to do to to make us safe. And as a result of all that, you end up losing the freedom that allowed you to have that safety in the first place. Um, and that book is very much about that. And and I really like it. And the reason why they I think they want to hunt her down is because she's the lonely survivor, right? Like I'm sure they've taken over plenty of towns to grow this mega city. Um, but like they either killed everybody or everybody joined. Right. So either way, there was no way for them to say like, oh, if you don't join, it's bad. Right. Now they have that one person that can kind of break the system and be like, listen, they're just killing people. Uh, whether people that live in the city would care or not, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, they're covering their bases. And so they need her eliminated. OK, so do I take from that that the idea is that the system can't abide you know, people being out there that are not buying in, you know? So it's like, even hypothetically, if her dad had been like, you know what, uh, you know, we're, we're going to sell this land and we're going to find somewhere else to live far, far away because assumedly the mega city has, you know, a lot of property in outlying areas, you know, there, Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no indication of how far their reach goes, mm-hmm. but the idea that they won't suffer, you know, even a, a few individuals out there who refuse to buy in because anything that's anybody that's not bought in, that's brought in and assimilated into the city is potential liability. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I think that, that maybe speaks to, you know, what you are saying uh with you know the patriot act and whatnot well uh, not just a liability travis it can give people that are within the system uh a way to be like well like how what this place can't be like perfectly good if there's people that are like don't want to be here right like 
why would they not want to be here? And then you start having doubts about why you're there. You see what I mean? So like mm-hmm. in order for the system to continue working, they have to keep everyone thinking like this is the best way to do it, right? And nobody else wants to do it any other way, right? Every time we go to a, a town and buy them out, everyone's like, yeah, we'll join you guys. You guys are awesome. But obviously that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that that's probably the, the way to read it. I wish that it was a little bit more illustrative in that direction because I, mm. I was actually thinking about like, but couldn't they just run, you know, especially now, you know, where like maybe this is the next part of the conversation. But, you know, she obviously knows that she's up against a immense technological gap. You know, there's no way, practically speaking, that she could fight these people off with a revolver. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I think it, you know, it makes it stronger if you can be like, I can't run, you know, because they will find me and they won't stop looking until they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so maybe they're they're going to get there eventually. But I think that makes the story a little bit stronger if you understand that to be the case that, you know, it's kind of we need to make examples of these people either by assimilating them or by murdering them with, uh, you know, maximum uh, prejudice, you know? Yep. So I think that works. But yeah, okay. That, I guess, gets to, um, you know, the idea of she is presuming to buy some bullets and fight off these guys with, uh, you know, like android tech basically they got like shields and lasers right mm-hmm. so do you think that she is going to actually engage in tech beyond you know like she's lived in a sheltered in- environment where the trader was was understood her dad wouldn't get anything that was advanced technology but right. you think she is amenable now to a situation where it's where you know you're going to get murdered, you know, like why even do this if you're not going to engage with tools that could do something? Well, and obviously the traitor will be a big part of that, right? Um, like we haven't seen the guy yet, so we don't know what he looks like. Um, we've only seen him from either behind or very far away. Uh, but he obviously has he, – he's not part of the city, presumably, uh, but he does have very advanced technology. Right. So my assumption is that at some point he may have been involved with the city and then either became disillusioned or like learned how it is that they expand and just left. Right. Because uh, the gun he shoots the, the wolf with is like a freaking laser. Right. Like he's shooting green lasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first issue, when she got hurt, he he put it on some kind of like breathing machine. Right. Because they when she leave, when when her dad's taking her back home. Uh, she even said something like, um, "Like, where are we going?" She's like, "Yeah, we're going home." And she's like, "You didn't put me in a machine, did you?" Uh, and like, they had just left the trader's house because uh, the trader saved her. Uh, so he he's obviously got advanced technology of some sort. Uh, we just don't know why he just lives in the middle of the woods, uh, or does he? Right? We don't know that yet. Uh, and I think he may be kind of the key to what she decides to do going forward because you're right i don't think she she has uh any inkling of, of taking down the system with just a revolver like i think yeah. she knows better than that i mean she saw her dad i think fire at at the bad guys and the bullets did nothing right so so whether she is just oblivious to that i think the traitor would be like this is not going to do anything let's talk about what you need to you need to grapple with reality Mm -hmm. you know because what's the value of you getting killed like your family did right uh but you know that i think also suggests where's the traitor gonna go from here because it seems like they're suggesting his previous way of life is done if if all of his clientele is now gone Mm -hmm. he's got to go somewhere else or you know I, i don't know i don't know what the alternative is that he's just had it and he's like, I'm going to join you in this kind of uh, quixotic fight against, you know, a vastly superior opponent. 
Maybe. We'll Quite find possible. out. Maybe in issue three. Perhaps. Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's pick this <laughs> one up, man. Uh, I guess I'll go first on the ratings this time, and I will go once again with a four out of five. Yeah, I think four out of five is good. Very good. Final book on the list is Artemis and the Assassin, number two. Why is this book not loading? Do I need to reset this? Uh, written by Stephanie Phillips. We have art by Francesca Fantini and Megan Hetrick. And it's not loading. I, I know Tropiteri did the letters and Lauren Affey did the colors. Man, I have a good memory. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this book. So this is one of those things that we love about Stephanie and uh, in that she likes to do this like semi-historical fiction stuff. In uh, Artemis, the assassin deals with Virginia Hall, who was a World War II spy in, uh, in real life and also in this book. But there's been an assassin sent from somewhere to kill her. And we don't know from where. We don't know why. But, uh, 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 yeah. We don't know from when. Tr- well, yes. Yeah, I guess I guess it is a when, huh? I guess maybe that I mean, is fairly clear. You know, space and time are are the same thing, so I guess it's it's uh, a distinction without a difference or whatever. Mm. But there is no space or time, Travis. Get with the program. I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, good. I got the book to load finally. Uh, and my creative team was correct. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, so fine. She's a time. <coughs> Excuse me. She's a time-traveling assassin uh, that gets sent back to kill Virginia Hall um, for some reason. We don't know why. We don't know anything about the the contracts, uh, who is giving them out, and why they're choosing the people that they choose. Uh, but it is obvious from the epilogue of this issue that they're all historical figures of importance. So what what is – who is the person in the epilogue? Was that was that established? Uh, so the well in the epilogue you have the assassin uh, mm-hmm. when she's being trained, right? So this is when when she first joined whatever this time traveling assassins guild is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what's her name? Maya. We don't mm-hmm. know who who the guy is uh, or why they do the things they do, uh, but they they talk about maybe it wasn't in the epilogue, maybe it was before that. Um, there was at some point in this issue I remember. Them talking about how Maya had failed because who has she tried to kill? Uh, was it Genghis Khan? It wasn't Genghis Khan. Man, I wish I remembered now. But I think they did mention Genghis Khan. It was, but that Genghis was issue one. Okay, that was issue one. So see, now I'm getting confused. This is what I get for uh, reading my books. Uh, okay, you're right. It was issue one. So there's some some kind of importance to Virginia Hall on on why they want to kill her. Um, what what do you think is happening here with these hits on historical figures? I mean, my my assumption, generally speaking, would be that they're trying to change history, right? Yes. I, I I don't know, but that doesn't necessarily jibe with them, you know, killing Rasputin in the first issue, which that's what it was, did Rasputin, happen, right? Yes. So I mean, I I don't know about if you say this, uh, you know whatever Artemis character is a real person, uh, you know, like I assume that that means she survives. Um, So I don't know what they're trying to do with that. If you assert that they're an instrument of history, you know, that it's kind of a artificial determinism of this is the way that things should go. And we're going to make sure it happens like a historical time travely timey wimey hit squad that jibes better with my kind of predispositions towards time travel stories, mm-hmm. i.e., that you can't change the past because of the time travel paradox. Mm. Um, so, but I don't know how that would jibe with them in like allegedly trying to kill this character that you say has like a historical role. Yeah, I mean Virginia Hall was a real person. Uh she was uh, an American spy, British spy in France. Uh so you know the story is taking France uh place in Lyon where she was a spy. Uh 
she was part of like the underground network of spies trying to give the allies information on on nazi movements um so like all the stuff that you see here is real she was a real person she did have uh a a missing leg just like in this story Um, spoiler alert she doesn't die in world war ii uh she she died in 1982 so she lived a very ripe old age uh so maya will obviously not succeed um but she she's a very interesting character i don't want to spoil anything because i don't know like how much of that of her story we're gonna get from stephanie in this book um but she she's a very fascinating person like she was one of the first people to work at the cia for example uh after the war so uh check out virginia hall when you get a chance uh, but I am curious, like, why, right? And, you know, there's that famous quote from uh, George Orwell. Um, you were in 1984, right? Oh, yeah. All right, so the quote is, uh, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. Uh, also Rage Against the Machine. Yes, also Rage Against the Machine. Very good. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. No, no, it's very good. It's very good. That's true. Um and so I, I do wonder, like, there's there's obviously something going on in the future um, that they're sending these assassins back. Uh, and it may not necessarily be related to, like, what these people did or did not do, right? Like, you know, usually in, in these time travel stories, a lot of times you have, like, yeah, let's go back in time and kill Hitler, right? If we kill Hitler, like, there's no World War II and, like, we save all these people and blah, blah, blah. Um, like, maybe – like right maybe you save a bunch of people but like what if what if for some reason things were worse had hitler not been around right just like imagine that possibility for example uh and i do wonder like what is happening in the future that is causing them to to want to erase certain moments in history right because that's how you like really control your population is you deny them access to their own history um so i find that whole bit really interesting uh, in some ways, it goes back to some of the stuff that I was talking about when we were talking about Join the Future, for example. So I don't know. I'm I'm very interested. And, you know, I just thought about this, Travis. This book ends when they go back to the Wild Wild West. So this is like a, a trifecta of Westerns tonight. Indeed. <laughs> yes. But if it goes back to the Wild Wild West, will there be a giant mechanical spider? Oh, man. What I'm can... calling it, all right? If it happens, <laughs> I called it. I'm not saying that I think that's going to happen, but... I would love that so hard. <laughs> I really would. Uh, and you know what? Maybe, because maybe uh, maybe mine needs some help. Maybe they need to send back a giant spider to help her kill Virginia Hall. Yeah, dude, and uh, Will Smith and Artemis Clyde Frog and Polly Prissy Pass and... Mm-hmm. All of them. All of them. Um, Maya is obviously not a bad person, though, right? I think that's fairly clear. Like, yes, she's intent on killing Virginia, um, but she's she's not a bad person, and we definitely see that in the epilogue where she refuses to kill that little girl. Well, that suggests uh, something I was wondering about, which is let's say that she refuses a mission or 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 fails for one reason or another. I, I mean, wouldn't you assume that there were redundancies? Because you could do that with with time travel. Yes. You know, that's that's the beauty of time travel is that there's already the guys there that will step in if you fail. You, because, you know, you realize it didn't happen and you send somebody else to take care of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, go watch Umbrella Academy. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, so... I wonder if that has some piece of it is this idea because like to your point in the epilogue, she refuses to kill this kid and then her boyfriend or whatever does it anyway, mm-hmm. whatever their relationship is. Cause that's another wrinkle in a, like what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, but even setting all that aside, if you establish the idea that, that Oh, by the way, uh, if, if ever you grow conscience and refuse, not only are we going to send somebody else to do the job you should have done, but we're going to send somebody for you too. Right. I don't see why that wouldn't be the case, but it hasn't happened yet that we know, you know. True. That's uh, isn't that the plot for uh, Looper? Yeah, basically. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. I need to watch that again. Um. Yeah, maybe. You know, they could be 
holding somebody in her family hostage, like any number of things could be going on. Well, the, I mean, as I mentioned, there's a weird, you know, they, they reference in the first issue a relationship between her and her boss, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and that like there's concern, at least on his side about, you know, people will talk about if you don't do these things, you know, mm-hmm. about our, our relationship and why you get liberties that other people don't get. Right. So th- that all I think is a little bit muddy about what they're trying to suggest there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll get to it, but I think it, it's worth acknowledging those wrinkles and her motivation as for why she is doing this stuff when she doesn't really seem to want to do it. Yes. Yep. Agreed. So, uh, what else you got on this, man? I mean, I I feel like my top line is just that I, as as you probably know, I'm always conflicted about time travel stories mm-hmm. vis-a-vis the paradox. Yes. And I I feel like I get tripped up in the mechanics of it, like just just because. It's like, oh, but if it if it if you change the past, it's already changed, so it it doesn't need to be changed. Um, you know, and I I just I don't know. Maybe I feel like I maybe am too focused on that and not as focused on kind of uh, what's the word uh, thematically. Like, what are they trying to say with a time travel story? You know? Yeah. Are you, like. Are you trying to say, because I feel like in some senses it is kind of wish fulfillment, you know, it's like, what if this terrible thing didn't happen, you know, Hmm. Uh, and maybe it's the opposite here, because what we're seeing led to the defeat of the Nazis. So what if this good thing didn't happen, you know, Uh, but I guess not knowing the motivations of the people behind this thing, to your earlier point, maybe it's too early to tell you know what we're supposed to take away you know like this is the story of things that are supposed to happen but aren't or i don't know like i don't know why i don't know i i guess it's a story of she was supposed to die because you know the the fascist should win but she refuses and and it goes the other way Mm -hmm. and i guess the organization that controls the whole deal also goes down in the aftermath you know yeah because if they can just send somebody else to fix it then it doesn't matter what they do you know they have to take out the people that have the technology to change history yep i mean there's a there's a book that's got that exact plot uh which one is it man i just read that too oh well it doesn't matter Uh, but i think uh, like adjustment bureau is similar to that right the philip k dick book um that's (laughs) not the one that i was thinking of but uh yeah time travel is a little little wonky um Maybe at some, maybe once we we know why these contracts are being done, we can uh, talk a little bit more about time travel. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's interested in in my pedantic opinions about time travel stories. I might be. Eh, I, I like I'm of a kind of uh, Terminator, Bill and Ted view of time travel <laughs> stories, which is that it already happens. Yeah, you know, I think that's the only way it can work but uh, you know i I've, i'm trying to get more open to the idea of taking it metaphorically and not literally man i don't know if it happens that way in terminator though <laughs> did you watch the new terminator movie i did not no sorry uh, see and i just i just watched uh salvation again for some reason and uh just because it happened doesn't mean it stays happening i'm talking about the original terminator oh okay yeah, yeah okay between the first two, maybe. Yeah. But from three on, I think they change the future like every time. Yeah. I mean, can I just say, I think Bill and Ted is the best time travel story. You think so? It's. The, I think it's the most logical approach to the problem. Hmm. And it's hilarious. It is. Did you watch the new trailer? I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. No. Okay. You should watch the trailer for the new one. Oh, shit. I'm, oh. I'm going to watch it when we finish. Bill and Ted face the music. I mean, dude, like, if you want to do a podcast sometime about how <laughs> how brilliant I think Bill and Ted 2 is... I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. We can do that. 
Not on Aftershock Central, but we can do that. I uh, think it would crap out after about five minutes, but like <laughs> very interesting five minutes. Hmm. All right, let's rate up Artemis and the Assassin number two. What you got, Travis? Uh, how about a, a 4.25 out of five? Okay, I thought we were going to be boring and stay with the four, so I'm going to do some weird thing too. Let's just go with like 4.03725. How about that? That seems like a nice number. Seems pretty arbitrary, but <laughs> yes, I, not I, boring. I literally just made that rating up. It doesn't exist. Uh, all right, very good. Uh, I don't know what's coming next week because with uh, with everything going on in comics, I don't know if schedules like are still the same. Uh, but from what I can tell, next week is supposed to be The Man Who Effed Up Time, number three, and Dark Arc After the Flood, number four. Again, don't quote me on that. But we will be back to talk about Dead Day, number one, which... I forgot yeah. to read, so we didn't talk about it tonight, uh, but we will talk about it next week. So I'm excited for that because uh, I love things with dead in their name. I do. You're easy, dude. It's it's true. That's all you got to do. You know, they at C2E2, they had that joke about uh, just put red in everything. Uh, fine. For me, just put dead in everything, and you got me. That's all I, I thought it was dark. Oh, dark. dark. Awesome. That's right. That's right. That's right. Was it dark? Yeah, because yeah, well, there was a joke about dark red, right? Yeah, so if if red is also a thing, then dark red is really it's like Secret Wars. It's, <laughs> it's some, somebody was in a lab, they focus tested yeah. the hottest keywords. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, I apologize. Apologies if you were not at the C two E two panel. Uh, all right, yes. Anything else? I'm good, man. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to the AfterShock Central podcast. Find us on Twitter at The Great Magnet, at Geekvine, at Aftershock Pod. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Read Dangerous. Yeah.